You're listening to the Grace Sermon Podcast with messages from Pastor Chris Twightman and the community at Grace Lutheran Church, Huntington Beach. We're a family church that exists to engage life together and impact our neighborhoods as disciples of Jesus. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us online at gracehb.org. Now, stay tuned for today's message. A grave with nobody in it. They had placed his lifeless body in the tomb hurriedly before the Sabbath. But now, when three friends arrive at sunrise to pay their respects, as they returned with perfume and spices to finish what they had started, to give the one they had followed a proper burial, when they arrive at the tomb, the one they saw die, die a brutal death on a cross three days before, is nowhere to be seen. Jesus, whose body they had placed in the tomb, is gone. The massive stone that had sealed the tomb had been rolled aside like a paperweight. The grave clothes in which his body had been tightly wrapped still remain inside. But Jesus, Jesus is no longer there. As these first witnesses of the empty tomb struggle to understand what has happened, two angels suddenly appear before them. Together, they ask a simple yet profound question. Why? Why do you seek the living among the dead? Their question is rhetorical as these angels then proceed to herald an announcement that will waken the city of Jerusalem, that will eventually overtake the empire of Rome. They deliver a message that will change the world forever. And the message is this, He is not here, he is risen. But does this message still change our world today? Is this still good news to us, to we who remain inside the tomb formed by this global pandemic, as we find ourselves sheltered at place in homes or exposed to risk by performing essential work out there in the hot zone? What does Easter mean if today still looks a lot like yesterday It can't be lost on us that this holy week of 2020 has been the week the scientists and experts have warned as being the hardest week of dealing with this virus. Perhaps the darkest days many nations will have seen for generations as conservative estimates are 200,000 eventual deaths in the United States alone from the coronavirus. And rather than debate the validity of these numbers or dare entertain any kind of talk about acceptable losses of human life. Can we just acknowledge COVID-19 may not have infected every person, but it has infected all of us as a people. I mean, we look around and shortages of medical supplies and overcrowded hospitals overwhelm us. Long mediated lines at grocery stores and pharmacies fatigue us. Rising unemployment with layoffs furloughs and business closings closings bring us down. The suspension of school schedules, the canceling of weddings, graduations, and other milestone events just makes it seem darker still. The disruption, disruption of our lives has happened faster than anyone could have imagined. And given all of this, 
we have to ask, why does Jesus being risen even matter? Well, to begin with, it matters because of what Jesus is risen from, death. Let's face it, collectively, globally, now more than we have in a long, long time in human history, together we are facing rather than denying death, aren't we? What this worldwide outbreak has exposed, much to our frustration and our lament, is how vulnerable, how vulnerable not just our physical bodies, but our human life itself is. As we're all discovering with profound humility, despite our scientific, economic, and technological prowess, we can't conquer the profound vulnerability and fragility of life on this fallen planet. Our global supply chains and medical care systems are deeply fragile. The vulnerability, the bureaucracy and division within our entire political process has been painfully revealed to all of us. Our relationships, our very relationships are bearing the strain of either not enough physical contact or too much forced contact from being confined under the same roof. And I know we're hearing a lot right now about flattening the curve regarding the coronavirus. And we're trying to flatten the curve in order to slow the rate of infection, to reduce casualties, as well as to allow our healthcare system to more gradually absorb those who need care. And let's be clear, flattening the curve is both important and necessary. But what this phrase, flattening the curve, actually communicates is the truth about our human condition. While there are lots of protective measures that we can take, while there are many social reforms we can implement, while there are other advances we can make, the thing is, we all remain prone to injuries, to illness, to accidents, and ultimately, finally, death itself. We can't flatten the curve enough to eliminate that basic reality. Despite our best efforts, everyone eventually dies. The reality of this has just become more acute, more undeniable because of COVID-19. So Jesus being raised from the dead matters because as death continues to stare us in the face and after all of our expectations have been devastated by its grim shadow, what we celebrate today is God's promise of resurrection still remains. The promise of our redemption, the promise of our reconciliation, the promise that loss and death need never be the last words we hear. Today, what we celebrate is that promise of God fulfilled. As Jesus stands before us with nail-pierced hands, scars in all, and yet in radiant technicolor, looking nothing like a corpse or the walking dead, looking more alive, more full of life than we've ever experienced before, we can be certain while we may find ourselves still living in Good Friday or waiting on Holy Saturday right now. Because Jesus is risen, risen indeed, we can be certain our Resurrection Sunday is coming. With an empty tomb behind us and the resurrected Christ in front of us, it's not a question of if, if we will survive all of this. It's just a matter of when, when by the grace of God, we rise above it all.
So my friends, it's time to stop playing dead. We must no longer live as if our lives are somehow over. While we may only see in the mirror dimly right now, we can trust that our salvation is on the other side of the horizon. While we may only know in part what happens next, we can abide, we can rest in the assurance that we know the best part, that God's love for us, for all creation, is greater and stronger than anything that stands against us. And this love of God wins. It is victorious every time. And even though it may sometimes feel as though our faith in this God, in this gospel, is barely holding together by gossamer threads, even then, still then, nothing can separate us from this love of God revealed in Christ. Nothing. Not our doubts, not our questions, not our fears, not our mistakes not whatever has been done to us, not anything we have failed to do. Jesus is still risen. He is risen indeed and his love endures forever. Beloved, the strength and endurance of Christ's love is revealed not in our power, but in our weakness. We don't need resurrection when we are breathing. We need resurrection when our breathing has stopped. And right now, as the whole world around us seems to have lost its breath, let us take heart that resurrection happens. And this, this resurrection of which we speak, this resurrection that we look forward to is not just for those who have died, no. This resurrection is also for those of us who have confused being on life support with being alive. For far too long, you've heard me talk about this before, for far too long we have heard and we have repeated a resurrectionless gospel. Focusing solely on the cross, we have presented the good news of Jesus Christ as merely an accounting problem, as dealing with the forgiveness of personal sin, which then opens up the door for us to go to some ethereal heaven when we die rather than falling down through the trap door into some fiery hell. In fact, there are those who point to an empty cross as the full story of the gospel. But let's consider our story. The cross was empty when Jesus's followers took his dead body down and placed it in the grave. No, my friends, the full story of the gospel is not the ending of the cross, but the new beginning that was inaugurated by the stone that was rolled away by the tomb, the tomb that was empty. Beloved, the forgiveness of sins is good news. Amen, hallelujah for it. But it is not good enough to get us where God created us to be, to fully become all that God intended for us to be. And the resurrection we proclaim today is not directed away from this world, off to some faraway heavenly or spiritual realm, no. The resurrection we celebrate today is of the one who came so that we might have life and have it to the full here and now. The gospel isn't about getting life support. The gospel is about receiving life that is not eclipsed by death. The good news that we celebrate today is that of life 
not life after death, but life, precious life, eternal life beyond death. It's not life after death because it's not life that we have to wait to die in order to receive. It's life beyond death because what Jesus offers us through his resurrection is new life that can begin now. Being with Jesus, following Christ requires his own life, the power of his resurrected life at work in us. And this is what we are given today. As Jesus moves from the cross through the tomb into our lived experience, Christ living in us is both an affirmation of our bodily existence in this world, as well as an invitation an invitation for us to explore fresh ways of renewal and recreation in our lives and in our neighborhoods. To say, to believe, to know that Jesus is risen is to start to comprehend that we have received the basis of our freedom, the freedom that neither our present nor our future be defined by our past. The liberation born of the renewal of the spirit of discovering that indeed the Lord's mercies are new every morning. To embrace, to realize, to abide in the resurrected life of Christ, the very life of the Lord of heaven and earth is to begin to understand we can engage each day. We can face tomorrow, aiming not just to get by or to get through it all, but to flourish to rise to each and every occasion and soar on wings like eagles. You know, in our impatience with the great unknowns we face, we must not forget the first disciples' experience of the resurrection was not immediate or instantaneous. I mean, keep this in mind. It took a while for Peter and John and Thomas. It took several visits from Jesus before they moved from isolation and sheltering in place to actually living resurrection life. Truth be told, it ended up being 50 days later, 50 days after Easter, on a day called Pentecost, before their new life in Christ in the spirit took off running. So let's not be so worried. Let's not be so anxious about tomorrow. As we remain like those first disciples, hunkered down, keeping our distance from the world, wondering what the heck is going on waiting for some direction of what comes next. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, looking and noticing signs of his presence, of his life, of his resurrection even now. And who knows? Like Mary at the tomb, the guy we just assume is the gardener might end up being Jesus himself, whispering to us not to be afraid. Who knows? Like the two disciples on that road to Emmaus, the neighbor who walks a mile in our shoes and breaks bread with us could turn out to be Jesus, opening our eyes to truths and miracles we've been struggling to see. Who knows? Like Peter, who tried to go back to what he knew best, we may find Jesus calling us to head in a different direction, to feed his sheep, even as he himself is offering us a meal on the shore. So today, as we find ourselves unable to engage many of the traditions we normally associate with Easter, let us remember the truth of Easter, 
remains the same. Yes, death is a part of life in this world. But thanks to Jesus, death is never the final word in our faith journey. No matter what kind of death it is, resurrection always follows. And what we are facing right now, however tragic, however dreadful, will not be the end of our story. The last chapter of our story is always life. It's a new heavens and a new earth. The end of our story is not a conclusion. It's a new beginning because Christ has died, because Christ is risen, because Christ will come again. Amen.